individuate yourself. Don't do what other people are doing just because you think that's the way to go. Become yourself on the platform. Become yourself in real life. Revel in your uniqueness. Don't just embrace it. Revel in it. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we've got an awesome guest to share with you today. Since 2006, J.D. Gershbein has been at the forefront of the LinkedIn conversation, one of the world's first independent LinkedIn consultants and a pioneer in LinkedIn education. J.D. serves ambitious professionals striving to make their mark in the digital age. As a speaker, facilitator, writer, media producer, and so many more, he draws upon his diverse academic background, a fusion of psychology, neuroscience, the humanities, and the improvisation skills he honed at Chicago's famed Second City. He uses all of this to bridge the knowledge gap that exists between business people and the virtual world. He's widely regarded as a leader in personal branding, social networking, and social entrepreneurship. JD is blazing a trail as one of the most original personalities in the professional development arena today. JD, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here. Dr. Richard, I presume... You presume correctly. That sounds eerily similar to a biography I wrote that I furnished to podcast hosts like yourself. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. I think we're going to have a great conversation. And actually, I know we're going to have a great conversation. But before we get into all of the things that you're doing, all of the things that could help people improve their visibility, improve their presence online, which is so important, I like to hop in the DeLorean. Let's go back in time. J.D., tell us what puts you on the path you're on today. Well, I think our lives are made up of various inflection points, and sooner or later we acquire the wisdom to to understand them and uh, kind of pinpoint them and see what direction they moved us in. And I have many, you have many, our dear listeners and viewers have many. And I I probably go back to uh, an instance in spring of 1984, when I was a medical student at Chicago Medical School, and I marched into the dean's office and let him know that I was giving up. I was quitting medical school. And it wasn't something that I typically do. I'm not a quitter. But I realized that a month shy of completing my first year in medical school, that I was not cut out to be a physician, uh, which was my father's plan and not mine. So that huge burst of of my own will and my own volition uh, sprung me forth, so to speak, and put me on a journey of self-discovery and self-assessment. And it wasn't until I saw LinkedIn uh, 22 years later 
in 2006 that I realized that I had met my destiny uh, professionally. And since creating my LinkedIn account, I've never shut up about the site. It has given me an identity in the business universe, something that I uh, that I do not take lightly, although I, I don't take myself seriously. And that was it. That was the defining moment, the signature moment for me. And it, it has uh, fueled a, a love and a passion for psychology and human behavior and communication and performing arts and has helped me be a, a better human, I think, a better consultant, uh, uh, a better husband, a better father, a better dog owner, et cetera. So we could end the show right now. Bottom line is if you, <laughs> if you use LinkedIn correctly, you will become a better dog owner. Well, I'm a testimonial. <laughs> To the transformational power of the platform. And as a specialist, that's where I want to be. I'm not a generalist. I'm a, I'm a versatile dude with many creative outlets. And LinkedIn seems to satisfy all of them. And it's it's really uh, a composite of, of all my academic training. I'm, I'm uniquely qualified to do what I do. I'm, I'm not a bandwagon jumper. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately. I was there at the start when nobody was outsourcing any kind of social media work. And we all had to kind of grow into these platforms. I mean, who knew what they were at the start? Uh, if you weren't the founding fathers, uh, you didn't really have an idea as to how they could work. And we all had to kind of learn it together. And we're still learning it together. And we will always be learning it together. I, I want to get into everything about LinkedIn in a minute, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. You know, you said you've got this background. You're talking about psychology and neuroscience. and comedy at Chicago's Second City. One of these things is not like the other. Tell us about that aspect of your journey. Well, humor has always been a, a staple of my personality and my mindset, and it, it has helped me accomplish many things I probably could not have accomplished. And and it's also a defense mechanism that serves me in moments of self-preservation. And if it weren't for my sense of humor, I'm not sure where I'd be. And I, I think it's a very valued uh, uh, piece of, of, of human makeup. Uh, it's a core value of mine, a guiding principle. So um, my study of humor has included a study of of performance art. And uh, I got to Second City in the 1980s at a time when it was cool to say that you were taking classes at the Second City. And we all know this. Um, we, we all know it as a kind of a, uh, a, a proving ground for young comics who get discovered by Saturday Night Live, etc. And I wasn't going that route. I never envisioned myself as a, uh, a a star performer or entertainer, but I I did it at the time when it was cool, and I learned how to communicate very well. And when I resumed my studies of improv and sketch comedy um, in 2017, I did it really to up level my solo performance as a speaker, and then got back into classes and 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 have really developed improv now as a valuable cognitive framework for business. As has the Second City, Dr. Richard. They are in it companies uh, across the globe teaching the ph the phenomena of improv to their sales teams and their executive leaders. That's so interesting. Could you tell us just b before we get into the LinkedIn, because I, I don't think I can let this go. This is so interesting to me. How does one best use improv? And it doesn't even have to just be business. It can be uh, you know solving problems with, with sure. your kid. You know, so tell us how improv comes into play. Sure. I, I think improv is closely aligned with human-centered design thinking. And it's how we 
look at the world. It's how we solve problems. It's uh, it's just how we relate to people, our conversation partners, whether we're talking one-to-one or one-to-many, or or even as a company voice, uh, a company to a, a, an individual or a company to another company. I think there, there are practical ways and desirable ways to continue conversations and keep yourself in the game. And improv is all about listening and receiving and supporting and coming back with something that keeps the momentum, keeps the flow and taking in what your conversation partner gives you and putting something back out there of substance. And that's what I've always done. Uh, I I, I tell folks I've improvised my whole life, let alone my career. I'm improvising this right now. I, I'm as interested as anyone else as to what comes out of my mouth next. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's see if we can get something out of your mouth about LinkedIn. You're passionate right. about LinkedIn. This is this is your bag. You're one of I the am. most foremost uh, leaders in the world on this. So, talk to us about you know you, you spoke about this with such reverence how. You know, LinkedIn has given you a presence. It's made you better in all these different areas of your life, including, you know, your dog ownership. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, talk to us. So somebody yeah. listening to this, like, yep, I want to be a better dog owner, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do we get there? Like, so, so, I mean, give us the, the give us LinkedIn 101, because a lot well, of people are on there. But, you know, you obviously go far deeper than just having a profile, right? Well, it's almost like asking a comedian to tell a joke. It, it's difficult to pull out all of the things that will really move the needle for people in one setting, because I I believe it is continuous improvement, continuous communication, continuous reinvention, continuous adaptation that makes us all better people. We all have to look at what's going on in the world and adapt and pivot and mobilize and change. I mean, what, what topic is more relevant, say, since the onset of the pandemic than change? So when it comes to using a platform like LinkedIn to cultivate and perpetuate business conversations, what is the methodology? How does this work? And one thing that I will tell you folks is that there is no cookie cutter methodology. There is no magic bullet. I teach LinkedIn to my clients and students in a way that is meaningful to them, is commensurate with their learning style, their personality, their tolerance levels, uh, their level of accepting risk. I I mean, there's so much involved in leveraging LinkedIn, let alone using it effectively. How are we doing it? Where are we with this thing? And we're almost a generation into it. So my... My overarching message, I would say, as I expand what what I call the the next frontier of LinkedIn, is to really superimpose yourself on the platform and carve out what works for you. Absorb what you feel is valuable. Discard the rest. Write your own playbook, folks. Design your own mode of communication, your own manner of expression, your own style in the way that you do things. And that's what moves the needle and gets you to the top of the mountain, I might say. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. 
I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. You call this the second, how, how did you phrase this? The next, the next you, frontier. That's the next my, frontier. That's why my call, paradigm. Okay. So, so tell us why you, you say that. Like what's because gonna... I, I don't think LinkedIn is a static entity. It's completely dynamic. It's, it's changing seemingly on the hour and each new connection you take on each, each new wave of communication or direct message you send has the potential to carry with it great change. And it's how you prepare yourself for that change, increase your change competency, as we like to say, that will move you in the direction of a positive future. That's the frontier. That's what you're pioneering. And I think we're all pioneering uh, a next frontier of LinkedIn. The, the system is set up for everybody to succeed. Why do so few people succeed in using it? Well, great question. We can talk about that. But let's talk again, about that. I'm glad I asked you that. So what, why <laughs> I'm glad are, I asked myself that. <laughs> why are so few people succeeding on LinkedIn? It's a great question. And the folks that, uh, that retain me these days are at some level of reinvention where they've either hit the wall or they're stuck. They, they just can't extract value out of their activity on the site. And it's something that I don't take for granted because I'm able to let my eyes go into soft focus and pull out any number of things that can help me in my career or, or in my business. And that's what I'm trying to teach. And because of what's happened on LinkedIn with so many people flooding the system and the, the virtualization of the business world, everybody releasing content out there into the bloodstream creating the clutter. How do you cut through this clutter? It's it become one of the most common cliches in business, especially for marketers, is standing out, cutting through the clutter, developing a recognizable brand. And these are the things we're focused on today, getting known, getting found. It, it's a complete integration of things that for many people resides outside the comfort zone. And I think that's why we see so few people really activating to a level uh, that is going to be instrumental for them. And I'm here to help. So I know you said everybody's different. There's no cookie cutter approach that really works, but there have to be some underlying principles that generally are good starting points for most people. Share, with, share a few of those with us. Best practices will always be best practices. Uh, they'll be modified down the road, as we've seen. Uh, there are rules for uh, connecting with people. There are rules for representing yourself in a profile. There are rules for, for messaging. Uh, LinkedIn has drawn up a, a, a very detailed uh, terms of service. And it's up to us to absorb this and, and do what's right. The problem is many people do not do what's right. There are bad actors everywhere. And that's where we get into our discussion of character. And, and having metal, having uh, the ability to approach people in a respectful, cordial, uh, cordial, courteous manner, and from a place of service and collaboration and co-creation and not try to sell them a product or service they don't need. Uh, why try to force a square peg into a round hole? If, if it ain't there, 
it ain't happening um, if you're selling a product or service. Uh, It's important to research people, but not to sell them too soon. Develop the relationship. And what we're seeing, Dr. Richard and dear listeners, is that so many people want to bypass this process of developing trusted relationships and go right for the sell, the jugular, and overwhelm people with a sales pitch. And that ain't right. It's just, it's bad ethics. It's bad business. I can't tell you how many times somebody has reached out to me on LinkedIn with a manifesto that has very clearly been copy and pasted, but it would probably take me, you know, five minutes to read through their message with 50 links and everything else. But aside from that, that's bad business and that we have a lot of that. You said something before that about character. And there are so many people out there pretending to be something they're not in the worst case scenario. But there's probably a lot more people that are pretending to be something more glorious than they actually are, right? And so and those are two two different scenarios. You know, somebody who is actually trying to scam somebody else versus something who really believes they're, say, a successful business coach or entrepreneur who is, you know, promoting a product or service that, you know, really there's no traction behind it. But from the standpoint of, I, I want to first talk about the creation of your own profile. What are some things that we can build into our own LinkedIn profiles that are character establishers that we can show somebody, hey, look, like I'm I'm actually who I say I am. I'm actually doing what I say I'm doing. What 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 are what are your best practices in that area? Fantastic question and beautifully phrased. And I've been a student of the LinkedIn profile since I came to LinkedIn uh, in 2006, and I have watched how this document has evolved and the way that it's eroded as well. And there are many people that just set themselves up as a sales pitch. And you alluded to it before. There is so much self-aggrandizing behavior and megalomania on LinkedIn. Uh, everybody is teachy preachy on the site uh, for the most part and you know wanting to assert themselves as a uh, an authority figure, uh, a term that I'm falling out of favor with thought leader, uh, expert guru, uh, maven Sherpa. I mean, you know, look, LinkedIn is set up as a personal selling platform. Of course, we have to sell ourselves. But there's a certain aesthetic that's required to sell ourselves. And you have to earn the right to sell. I mean, LinkedIn is not a license to just pitch people. Once people review your profile, if they see that it's just a pitch, and we review so many profiles on a daily basis, I know I do. I've reviewed, at this stage of the game, tens of thousands of LinkedIn profiles through the years. And very few strike me uh, as legitimate profiles. Uh, everything else are are basically sales pitches, or uh, they they sound like uh, any TV pitchman you've seen hawking a product at two thirty in the morning when you can't sleep. So, uh, yes, it is your brochure. It is a a, uh, a CV of sorts, but it's a a living narrative. I call the LinkedIn profile a living narrative, and it's your story, and you're taking stewardship of your story, and that's how you impress people. You don't impress them with 
all of the accomplishments you've done. And nobody cares that you were president's club at your company from 1996 to 2002. They don't care that you're an Amazon.com bestseller. They don't care that you're a keynote speaker. They care about how can you solve my problem? The what's in it for me? W-I-I-F-M, WIFM radio, right? So unless you speak to client pain or employer pain, unless you are really installing yourself as a believable solution to a problem, you're going to have a tough time asserting yourself on LinkedIn. People aren't going to take a sales pitch seriously. It's going to offend them. They're going to run the other way as soon as you start selling. And that's what we're seeing. Most people, again, just selling too soon. But things to do on the profile, a profile is a profile. It's a cluster of information that others need to know to make an informed decision about your capabilities or your worth as a a connection, as a strategic partner, a referral alliance, a mentor, a resource. So that's how I work with my clients and students. I set themselves up as very believable. There's nothing out of out of reality here. They're very grounded in their profiles. And as a consequence, it makes for a better review by a visitor. What about the title itself? Uh, so mm-hmm. what are some do's or don'ts for your title? Professional you, headline? Your professional headline. That's yes. Right. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a whole workshop module right there. I, I mean, how do you encapsulate your value in 220 characters, including spaces? And I advise people to use every aspect of that digital real estate because it's very fertile ground for search. In fact, the second most fertile area of search underneath your name. And it's what people are going to see when they hover over your thumbnail on the homepage. And uh, they can immediately make a decision based on that snippet as to the value you provide, who you do it for, what you do. And in some instances, you can even uh, talk about the problem you solve. And if people get the gist of you through this professional headline, they would be more inclined to scroll down to the belly of the page and learn more about you. So it sounds like you're recommending people don't put, you know, I'm CEO of this company, I'm a best-selling author. I'm hearing from you, that we should use those 220 characters, including spaces, as being able to express to others the problems you solve. Exactly. And I think if you go back to the, the glory days of the newspaper industry, when and everybody has seen a movie here, the front page is a great movie about the inner workings of a newspaper. Uh, you have the grizzled editor, the cigar-chomping editor in the conference room with all of his staff writers, and and they're trying to come up with catchy headlines, the grabber, so to speak. And 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 what's the purpose of those meetings? What's the purpose of a newspaper? I'll ask you a question, Doctor Richard. What's the purpose of a newspaper? To, to sell copies of it. To sell papers. Yep. Right answer. So the purpose of the professional headline is to sell profile views. Because if people like what they see on a snippet, they're going to go down and read the story. And I have a journalism background. I construct professional headlines. I struck. I constructed my own professional headline as a value statement um, to ideally encourage people, inspire them, and motivate them to to look further, to go down to the about section, to see what kind of posts I'm I'm. Uh, 
thrusting into the LinkedIn ecosystem and what I'm featuring on my page to explore my experience section. If they're going to vet me as a service provider, they're going to need to know this stuff. And and my mission is to present it in the most palatable way possible. You also talked earlier about you know what what your LinkedIn profile should represent. You said three words. You said character, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You said service, and you said collaboration. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're we're telling a story now, and I think this is making sense. As we're moving through, and you know, we had the headline, the the attention grabbing, exciting headline. Now, ideally. Ideally, right? Somebody's clicked on the profile and they're there. So what are some of the things that we'd thread? You know, I'm not looking for buzzwords, but, you know, thematically, what are some of the things people should be sprinkling throughout their profile that would really evidence to, um, hey, look, I'm open for collaboration. I'm of service to others. What are what are some of the things that you would recommend there? Well, obviously, there are many ways to format a LinkedIn profile and as many ways as there are people and as many uh, LinkedIn profile writers as there are out there because it has become a heavily outsourced service, probably second only to the resume in terms of uh, an external communications need at this stage. And many people have mobilized to to help people with their profiles. Uh, Interestingly, I would say that it's what suits each individual. And again, we're helping folks design their own LinkedIn playbook. So what do they most want people to learn about them? You want to present the information about yourself in a compelling fashion. Look at any post or uh, or blog on how to create a, a an effective LinkedIn profile and you'll see create a compelling LinkedIn profile. But how does content compel? What's what's so damn compelling about me? What's so damn compelling about you and and anybody else that wants to put themselves out there? for for business or for career advancement. And that's the challenge. You have to really clear the cachet in your mind and look deeply into your emotional and uh, intellectual layers of of the way you think, behave, and feel and pull it out of you. Uh, What's going to resonate with people about you? Uh, Are are you just another of many, a commodity as opposed to a brand? So something's got to energize the page. Something's got to stick out about you. And that's the work, Dr. Richard. Uh, I I can't offer folks anything more than to do their own thinking, feeling, and behaving. But at the same time, if you're a service provider, if you're a vendor selling a product, if you are a consultant, a coach, a job title, a C-level executive, uh, a client facer, a community outreacher, a community builder, whatever the case may be, you have to put yourself out there in terms of the solution you provide. And you have to do so in a way where you're taken at face value and people really do see what you offer. And once that profile is up and you know you're researched well, it gives you a sense of self-confidence that propels you on the site. One of the hypotheses I advanced early into my LinkedIn career was as follows. Your success, however you define it on LinkedIn, is directly proportional to the power and reach of your profile. Which means if your profile is airtight, really sells you, and really convinces people that a next step is worth taking with you, that's an effective or what I call a working LinkedIn profile. 
one of the things you said just before that, you really, I, I like this, you know, where the onus on one's thinking, feeling, and behavior, it's, so that's it, right? It's really, it, essentially, I'm hearing we're speaking in our own voice, we're using our own thoughts, our feelings, the way that we interact with people, that's what we need to be putting on our site. Not so much just, you know, I worked at this company from 1999 to 2014, right? It's it's really, it's the essence of who you are is what you should be featuring in this profile. And also, what have you learned from being on your career journey? Uh, we've all got some kind of non-linearity to our paths. I mean, when you, when I talk to a lot of folks nowadays, I'm wondering how many people set out to do what they're doing now. I wasn't in high school thinking, you know, when I get out of here, I'm going to be a LinkedIn specialist. I mean, obviously, that's that that's ludicrous. But I was on a career path that that from which I deviated, I inflected and moved toward other things. And I think that we find ourselves at different stages in our life. And some folks are still in act one. Some have moved into a new realm. Some have been forced into that new realm by the pandemic. And folks like myself are, are, are in the so-called act three. And you start to think in terms of legacy and morality and how you show up in the world. And that's really where character comes into play. Uh, we, we really do want to show ourselves and uh, in the best possible way to others, how we proclaim ourselves to the world. That's our style. Uh, brand and this promise of building brand, brand is not guaranteed to anyone, Dr. Richard. It, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time to build a brand. Uh, your brand is how you reside in the mind and the hearts and the viscera of people. I mean, what do they think and, and, and feel about you on a gut level? But your style, propelled by your character, is how you get there. And I'm more interested now in the getting there piece. I mean, if you're going to make an impact on someone, if they're going to remember you or retrieve you or recall you with ease, you've got to have something going for you there. You've got to show up well. And a lot of emphasis on coaches nowadays, coaching others to show up well. How, what does that mean? How do you show up well? I mean, you're showing up at, uh, as yourself in a kind of a default melancholy state, or are you energized? Are you ready to learn? Are you curious? Uh, are, are you empathic? Are you really listening to people? Again, the improv piece. And that's all I do. I show up to my meetings with a good feeling, an almost euphoric sense that I'm going to make something good happen each time I talk to someone. Um, I also follow a concept called propinquity. You know what propinquity is? No, you're going to tell us. It's a great word. I love to educate the educators. Propinquity is the fine art of just weaving yourself into the domain of people through small talk, through uh, proximity. LinkedIn operates on the proximity principle. So they're always moving people toward you. And ideally, they're moving you toward them. So you start showing up in the feeds of other people. You start engaging on the, on the posts of other people. And LinkedIn will recognize this algorithmically and start to kind of tailor the information patterns and the trends uh, in your account. And your message to others um, in the inboxes, uh, how you communicate with people off LinkedIn, this is propinquity. It's, it's 
it's, it's, it's a psychological phenomenon where you're trying to literally create top of mind and push yourself up in the sci- in the psychic hierarchies of other people. Well, we got our word of the day. And I'm there grateful, you go. That you, grateful that you shared it with us. Fascinating word. I love it. <laughs> JD, I, I've loved our conversation today. A, as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a single question, and that is, what is your biggest helping? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our chat today? The biggest helping point. If I were to confine it to one statement that would really help people, and I, I believe that we're all in the business of helping others get unstuck. We are becoming more reliant on people for their words of encouragement. There's a lot of support seeking and validation seeking behaviors out there. Uh, I'm no different. Uh, It's great to be liked. It's great to be appreciated. It's great to be known. And we wanna be known for for what we do. But again, if I was to give one little nugget or micro nugget, as it were, I would say, individuate yourself. Don't do what other people are doing just because you think that's the way to go. Become yourself on the platform. Become yourself in real life. Revel in your uniqueness. Don't just embrace it. Revel in it. And it's cool. In fact, it's desirable to be an outlier because when you're going the way of everybody else, there leaves little room for differentiation. And if we're going to succeed and scale and grow in the business world, we have to professionalize ourselves by doing what's right for us, having great character, having a sense of style, and again, meeting people where they are, not where you are or would want them to be. Beautifully said. And it is cool to be an outlier for sure. JD, I have loved our conversation today. Tell us where people can find out more about you online. Well, it shouldn't surprise anybody, <laughs> Dr. Richard, that I do maintain a LinkedIn account and I am searchable as JD Gershbein. And that's the best place to find me. I am not surprised by that answer at all. And we will have links to JD at the show notes on the dailyhelping.com. Well, J.D., thank you for coming on today. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was a lot of fun. Is this where I say thanks for having me again? Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And each and every one of you, hope you enjoyed this conversation. I had fun. I hope you did too. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today. Do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are. And post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others.